I want to give a talk. The talk, I was thinking about the talk and thinking about that it's the last meeting of this year. And so I thought uh, that it's a New Year's talk in some ways because I won't be back here until 2023. And uh, the New Year is a good time for reflection and self-reflection is a practice and part of the path and is a certain attitude towards the Dharma and towards waking up. And it's really about the spirit of taking an interest in our life in order to awaken and to be free. And all of you already have that interest. All of you already reflect. But reflection isn't always talked about as a practice. And um, part of what happens when we really take reflection as a practice is we can start to um, see clearly and accept the challenges and the possibility of the Dharma by being more proactive with it. And um, partly I just, when I was looking around for more about uh, reflection practice, there's a new book out by uh, uh, Zingar uh, Kongtrul called It's Up to You. It's Up to You, The Practice of Self-Reflection on the Buddha's Path. And so I haven't read the book. I don't know the book. Maybe it's great. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not selling the book. But I love that there is a book out now about reflection. And so I thought we would do some reflection here tonight and then see where we go from there. And so part of my reflection for you is um, what have you learned from this year? Like, what have you learned? What's touched you or moved you or helped educate you or inform you or awaken you this year? And it can be small things are really good. Big things are also good. And then the other question is, what do you, what do you want for the new year? That's another reflection I want you to hold during the talk and for our discussion later. And the, the part of all this reflectivity that I want to uh, highlight is what's called uh, aditana. And aditana is a Buddhist word that means resolve, right resolve. And the Buddha identifies four types of resolves. The resolve for wisdom, for the truth, for relinquishment, and for tranquility that one wants to achieve or gain or discover or wake up to wisdom and truth and what it means to relinquish our holdings and how to discover peace or tranquility. And I like the word, I like this word aditana, meaning resolve, because resolve is about a certain kind of wholeheartedness of practice and a wholeheartedness in living our life and a wholeheartedness in dealing with the ups and downs in good and bad, what we like and what we don't like. All of it's important. And so part of what comes with uh, Aditana is this not holding back, but not being tight about devoting ourselves or giving ourselves or dedicating ourselves to the Dharma. 
Ajahn Suchito, who's one of my favorite Buddhist monks, he said, uh, Aditana means most complete establishment, most complete establishment of our resolve, of our intention, right? And resolve uh, means to, to uh, it comes from the Latin. It means um, there's a, a kind of intensive force to loosen or to relax, or to understand the Dharma, the truth, or to discover wisdom, or to become peaceful, or to let go. And that, that resolve, which also could be talked about as determination or steadfastness, or the kind of resolve we need when we're meditating to be single-minded about being aware and awake moment by moment, or being dedicated to it or committed to it. Um, resolve also one of the one of the, the thesaurus, one of the words that came up with resolve was spiritedness, which I love because I think that's a really beautiful way to think about practice. That we're gonna we're gonna practice right resolve. We're gonna be determined and spirited about it. And of course, right resolve is one of the ways to talk about right intention, right? Sometimes the, the second, uh, the second um, factor of awakening, uh, and excuse me, the second of the Eightfold Path, the first one is right view or right intention. And the second is, excuse me, right view or right understanding is the first link of the Eightfold Path. And then the second is right intention or right resolve or right aspiration or right inclination. Sometimes it's translated. And the, and the intention traditionally is being resolved on renunciation, on freedom from ill will, and on harmlessness. And it's a beautiful understanding of how practice frees us from our suffering, from what's difficult, because we all have dukkha, we all have suffering, we all have difficulties. And so intention starts to give us some ground to start to move proactively to wake up or to be free or to relax or to discover the truth of who and what we are essentially. The word, the word Latin, the word intention in Latin mean, in means toward, and tundra means stretch, to stretch towards something. If, there, if we have an intention, it's not just that we've got what we want, we're going for what we want. We get resolved in getting what we want. It's got a more, it mobilizes our intentionality, our deliberateness our volition, it's got a more volitional aspect like will, which isn't often highlighted in Buddhism. But we wanna, when we have the uh, 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 right intention or right resolve, we're willing to stretch towards and understand our goal and discover it and realize it. 
And so these three qualities of intention or resolve, which is renunciation and goodwill and harmlessness, are, are simply understood as letting go. Renunciation is about letting go, not holding on, letting ourselves relax. And goodwill is about good-heartedness and, and kindness and care. And harmlessness is related to compassion and really seeing one's suffering and, and being kind towards it and seeing the suffering of others. And so the, the different components of right intention are for both self and others. And one way to see about the proactivity about uh, resolving and, and, uh, and really changing things that are changing our suffering, helping with it, is to see what do we care about? What's important to us? And so part of your reflection tonight is to reflect on um, um, what's important to you, what's important to you in your life, and what do you care about? And what's the, what does your heart love that can help invoke the determination and resoluteness uh, to, to act skillfully, proactively, dharmically? You know, what's important in your life and how can you make that part of your practice in 2023? Because we have a new year, it's brand new. And actually we have that newness is, is inherent in reality, but we forget it. And so having a new year is often uh, one way to ritualize the truth of each moment. The truth is each moment is brand new, but we forget that all the time. So having a ritual like a new year, which every culture in the world that I know of has a new year. They're not all on January 1st, they're all at different times. But the question becomes, what do we want to do with the new year? Or what do we want to do with our life? Or what do we want to do with this week or today or this moment? And reflecting, contemplating, what do you love and care about the most will help guide your resolve and your action, your intention. And part of what I'm saying here is really, again, those first two parts of the Eightfold Path, the discernment conditions intention, right? Right view or understanding conditions our intention and resolve. And so we get a more proactive component, which includes will and determination and ardor and, um, and devoting ourselves to what's true for us. And so renunciation simply is, for, for the monastic community, it meant letting go of the ordinary life, householder life. But for us, we're householders. And we're not going to let go of our householder life, but we want to begin to learn how to let go of what doesn't make us happy, of what causes suffering, what causes pain for ourselves, and to do and to start to learn how to let go of what we get attached to, 
that we can't hold on to or causes suffering in the middle of our lives. And here's from our good friend, Bhikkhu Bodhi, who said, the tool the Buddha holds out to free the mind from grasping or holding on or desire is understanding. Real renunciation is not a matter of compelling ourselves to give up things still inwardly cherished, but of changing our perspective on them so that they no longer bind us. When we understand the nature of clinging, of holding on, of grasping, when we investigate closely with keen attention, this holding on or desire falls away by itself. In this investigation, our concern must not be with what is pleasant, but with what is true. Not with what is pleasant, but what is true. We have to be prepared to uh, and discover and be willing to discover what is true, even at the cost of our comfort. Real security, true security, as Bhikkhu Bodhi puts it, always lies on the side of truth, not on the side of comfort. And so it's a fierce attitude that resolve is asking us to step into. It's, it's, a, it's a fierce intention of bringing ourselves in accord with what's true, with what brings freedom, with what helps us let go of suffering and what helps the suffering let go of us. Suzuki Roshi put it a little differently. He said it so beautifully. He said, renunciation is not giving up the things of the world, but seeing that we can't hold on to them. And that's true. And so it means even renouncing our suffering, because often we think we, 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 are, we think we are the suffering, or we'll always suffer, or suffering is always part of my life. And we miss the moments when it may not be, because we have a belief there's, there's a certain kind of mindset that we hold on to. And so renunciation is letting go of that to some degree. In Buddhism, uh, uh, this the first intention of renunciation is a wisdom factor. Goodwill and compassion are heart factors. And as our old friend Ryokan always said, if you want to know the secret of Buddhism, here it is. Everything is in the heart. And of course, heart, mind are one thing in the era that he lived in. Right, And it is, it's true, it's in the heart, the intention to goodwill. It's not hard to have that intention. It doesn't mean we can always fulfill it or change the suffering, but we can have the intention for goodwill for ourselves and for others. And it's actually, I find it very easy, maybe I'm wrong about this, but just seeing two things, that everybody is suffering, like if we look at everybody on this screen, everybody suffers. It's just part of the deal. It's not a mistake. And it's not that they're doing something wrong. It's part of the nature of existence at this realm of reality called being a human being. Human beings suffer. And everybody wants to be happy. And 
again, you can look at the screen. Everybody here wants to be happy. Nobody here comes to this class who doesn't want to be happy because if you don't, you're at the wrong class. I mean, it's just like, this is not, you know, it's, it's just true. We all want to be happy. And so we reflect in this way about ourselves because we want to be happy and we suffer, but we do it in order to understand everybody else. So this kind of self-reflection is not self-centered. We study the truth in order to realize the unity of reality and the fact that we're all here together. And I, this is one of my favorite quotes, and I say it many times, but I love, I love this quote from Longfellow who said, if we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find in each person's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. And it's, it's true. It's suffering that causes more suffering. Even, when, even with our enemies, even with the people we don't like or disagree with and who are doing the wrong thing, because people are doing wrong things, there's also not just right action, there's wrong action, and that happens. But those people are also suffering. And so we can start to have some kindness towards them, even when we have to be fierce with them at times. Trungpa Rinpoche said it a little differently. He said, the kindness and generosity that we extend to ourselves is the foundation for our ability to relate to the world. And so we want to start here and, and keep seeing the truth, right, that the Dalai Lama puts. He said, I believe the ultimate aim of all human beings is to obtain happiness and a sense of fulfillment. And he says, I've always stressed the importance of combining both the mental and material approach to achieving happiness for humankind. And so it's important that the resolve, that our intention is not just wisdom, but is heartfelt. Because we really, if the heart's closed, we can't practice. We can't open to suffering if the heart's closed, and we can't allow suffering to have its liberating impact if we are not willing to open to it kindly. And so for as we as you reflect on 2022, what's your intention for the new year for yourself and for the world also? What do you wish or what do you want or what do you hope for? Or what do you uh, intend to help change in 2023? And I was, of course, thinking a little about myself and, okay, what do I want? And I mean, the, probably the main thing I would love in the world is to start to soften the divisiveness that's in the world the me and you and the, the anger and hatred of different groups and whether it's right or left or up or down or black or white or whatever it is, you know, or different religions or different countries or different cultures and the, that divisiveness, if we, could, if we could start to soften that or melt that or relax that, that's one of my wishes for the world this year. And that we can see that we're all here together, no matter what. 
And in terms of myself, I reflected on what would be my intention? What would I like to resolve? My resolve is for more simplicity in my life to make it even a simpler life. And I don't have a super complicated life, but I have a life and it's got a lot in it. And there's always something to do. And I want a little less doing. I want really, if I think about it more specifically, I want less emails. So what do you want to develop or what do you want to let go of, right? And also, what do you want to develop or mature in 2023? What do you want to mature in your practice or in your heart or in your understanding or in your freedom? What, 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 would, what would make you happier? Because if you're happier, you're suffering less. And notice what happens as you even engage in the reflection, right? Do you think it's possible to have some resolve, some determination, some commitment, and make things better, given whatever it is you want? Is that possible? Or are there obstacles to that? Because for many of us, we, we don't believe that's possible, actually. And so our minds have a habit or a belief or, or patterns of saying, it's not, I'll never feel better, or I can never make this better or that better myself, freer or happier. So is there, are there things you believe can't change? And I mean anywhere, including the whole world, because even the most entrenched positionality can change. One thing I thought about as I was contemplating this talk, reflecting on this talk, I was thinking about the different centers the belly center, the heart center, the head center, and the different components of resolve that are there. Because in the belly, it's a will center. It's like, I can do it, and I'm going to do it. And it's got a vote. It's got a down-to-earthness to it. And the heart center, it's a devotion. It's a love, a love of what we care about. And it moves us, and it can move us to freedom. And in the head center, it's a kind of determination, commitment, clarity, discernment about what's needed to move forward. And it's good to reflect for ourselves about what supports us waking up in all three centers so that our resolve, so our intention can be fully embodied, body, heart, mind. I was I was thinking about what did I what what would I what would I intend from my belly or my heart or my mind and and especially from my body very interesting contemplated because I'm getting older and you know first uh, my first. Uh, Resolve is to stay alive as much as possible. I would like to do that. And I don't, but I don't feel attached to it. I don't feel like 
I, I also feel the, the letting go, like, oh, when it's time to die, I'll die. But while it's time to live, I want to live. And I want to live as long as possible, or at least for a while longer. I know, I know it gets harder and harder as we get older. So uh, I, you know, I'm watching my body age and the, the difficulty of it. So part of my resolve at this point in my life is to keep my body in good shape, as good a shape as possible. And it doesn't mean I'm in control of it, but I can help it along the way, which makes me happy. And so I'm staying as fit as possible. And still shit happens, just of course, to be honest. You know, I hurt my my arm uh, Friday at CrossFit and, you know, and we'll see what it is, you know, because I don't know. I've got to go see a doctor tomorrow and maybe get x-rayed or MRI'd. But still, just the uh, fact that I'm here, especially having gone through my accidents and almost died i'm happy to be here with the body and and happy to stay devoted to being here which is part of the heart center being here because it's not just i'm devoted it's pure will i mean i'm i my resolution is from pure will it's also from a love of life like life is wild and good and it doesn't mean it's always good but it's good and it's it's beautiful. I mean, I was out today in the park, and a lot of people were out in the park. A beautiful day, and just great to see people enjoying reality and and enjoying it together. And then the other piece that I was thinking in terms of the head center was, oh yeah, I really want my one of my resolutions intentions for the next year is to really see how moment by moment I can stay aware and awake. Moment by moment, right now, wherever I am. Learning how to be aware, how to be awake, and how to respond skillfully to whatever's happening with me, with my family, with the world, with the environment also. That's one of the areas I, I have some strong wishes about, is the environment about the earth. And I'll end with uh, with the, the quote from the Dalai Lama who said, we must have a pure, honest, and warm-hearted motivation. And on top of that, determination, optimism, hope, and the ability to not be discouraged. The whole of humanity depends on this motivation. We must have a pure, honest, and heart, a warm-hearted motivation. I would change the word resolution or intention, right? We must have a pure, honest, and heart, a warm-hearted intention. And on top of that, determination, optimism, hope, and the ability to not get discouraged. The whole of humanity depends on this intention. So those are a few thoughts from me tonight. I'd like to hear from you as I always do. Like uh, any questions, any comments, agreement, disagreement? Did the talk make sense or not? What, what comes up for you when you reflect on 
2022 and now 2023. What, what's your intention for the new year? What do you hope for, wish for, want? And please raise your hand. I tend not to check the chat box when I'm teaching. So if you chatted me, then raise your hand and tell me what you chatted. Hi, Sarah, go ahead. You have to unmute yourself, Sarah. Yes, I'm unmuted. Great, you are unmuted. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back from gallery view to speaker view. There you are. Hi. Okay. Um, what comes to me is having made a huge change from living at a senior place in San Francisco. I moved to a place in Santa Rosa called Friends House. And it's a community that is based and inspired, you might say, on Quaker values. Mm -hmm. So it's a community, you know, where silence is the beginning and at the end of every meeting. There's many things I could say about living here. But what is true is that I'm now 94. Mm -hmm. And I am very blessed with having, I can still walk and talk. Yeah, I get it. Very good, girl. <laughs> the thing about it is that given all of that, I still... Uh, get overwhelmed and but I being alive is very important mm -hmm. and and so it's uh, an incentive to notice very clearly who are the individuals that I just naturally resonate with and who are those that I don't quite grasp or understand mm -hmm. and how to uh, how to embrace what is my truth without being self-centered, totally, you know, just related to what is pleasant or unpleasant for me. And uh, I'm, I have a, a lifestyle that's completely, completely different in every, every way imaginable. And at the same Dif time... Wait, wait, different than what? Then when I was living at the Sequoias in another okay. senior community, very different than when I was living alone. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you're giving me food for thought. Mm -hmm. It's what I'm, I'm wanting to respond to. And to um, pay attention to when it's necessary for, not necessary, but a good idea for me to, to blend in and sort of not stand out in any way. And when it is important for me, regardless of how my view may differ, mm -hmm. to be truthful to myself. Yeah, Be beautiful what you're saying, Sarah, because that's, that's one of the cutting edges for all of us, meaning... When do we when do we say okay this is different but I'm okay to be here but it's not my thing or it's not the way I would do it and then when is it right to say wait this is not okay or I don't want to be here or we need to change this and that's that's a there's no fixed answer for that and that's why 
learning how to stay present and aware and awake so important so you can let the answer come through you right and you'll you'll discover the answer in each moment and that's why being in the moment is so important because yeah does that make sense yes it does thank you yeah yeah, no, thank you. And totally great. I'm ha always happy to see you. And I, maybe you told me before how old you are, but I forget. So, I mean, I'm old enough to forget, but I'm not 94 yet. I've got, you've got a few years on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> uh, but great. And beautiful that you're living in a Quaker community. And some of it, you know, and understand, I'm sure. And some of it's really new. I have found out about Qigong. I do many <laughs> Qigong practices. Great. And I'm now experiencing uh, some rolfing. Uh-huh. <laughs> body injuries. So I feel very, uh, I don't know what word to say, but grateful. I guess Blessed. I'm You're blessed, my friend. Really. I mean, totally. You're doing Qigong and rolfing. Uh, you're a killer in my language. I don't know. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's good. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> really. Yeah. Thanks for speaking up in 2022. Uh, who else? Amy. Uh, it's... Um... Three, three quick things. First thing Don't is- Don't be I, too quick. Relax. Easy. It's going to be quick. I was <laughs> going to say that, um, that sometimes with body dukkha, there's a way to leverage it. So I just want to say, regardless of whether whatever's going on with your arm, yeah, lower body, it's lower body time. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so just look at it as like, oh, you know what? I've, you know, your attention dictates your reality. So- yeah. Just be like, okay, this is going to be lower body for a while. Your wait, wait, slow down. Your attention dictates your reality. Your reality dictates your attention. So I'm just saying, you know, you. I mean, yeah, let the arm bring the practice down. CrossFit. Yeah. Really quick, I forgot to mention Dharma Monday. Okay. Third thing is, I was going to give my attention intentions for the new year. Um. Yeah, slow down, little. You have to just for me. I'm old, and I, but I'm not as old as Sarah. But I'm old. <laughs> say, say it one more time. What, what you just said. I, I'm saying go slower. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna slower. You you get excited. You always have good things to say, and I love your energy. But you have a lot more energy than me. <laughs> um. Okay, so my intention for 2023 is I look at it like three things, which is precepts, practice, and presence. And then how I how I also look at that is Buddha Dharma Sangha. Mm -hmm. so yeah. That's it. It's very simple for me next year. That's, that's say it again. Precepts, practices, and presence. Precepts, practice, and presence. Buddha yeah, Dharma. Yeah. yeah, got it. What wait wait slow down? <laughs> what does it mean to you? Precepts, practice, and presence. What does that mean? For me personally, the important yeah. 
living the precepts, taking Dharma, making it 24-7. Okay, wait, wait. So I just want to say for people who don't know, the precepts are the guidelines for living a skillful life as a human being with other human beings. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the first one. Second one yeah. is practice. Um, next year, I really want to get deeper with my meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be more committed, go longer, um, just really, um, just really dive into it and just, just love it. Um, and then of course, you know, the other practices that go along with that. And then as far as presence go, just really being gen- really, like I said, with the Donna talk, just being more generous with my presence, like how mm-hmm. I connect with the world, you know, what, 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 what I have to offer to me, it may not seem significant to somebody else. It may be. So mm-hmm. just really showing up, just really mm-hmm. showing up and just right. not, not going yeah. beyond that, just showing up. Beautiful. Great. Thank you. Okay. I got to go back to gallery view. Who else? John. Hi, John. Hey, Eugene. Hello, everybody. Um, I think if I look back on 2022, I'd say what I really appreciate is the benefit of cumulative practice. I think the more you're around the Dharma, the more sense it makes, the more it connects to one another, the greater the benefits become. And the greater your willingness to therefore continue the practice is. And so in 2022 was the first time that I started sitting with a Sangha. Um, and it's just really nice to know that there are other people out there learning about the same things, doing the same things, supporting each other um, as we go. I think my biggest learning from 2022, I always wondered what you were meant to do when you were present. And I've learned that one good thing to do is relax. it's just great no no way no way wait wait that's so important because it's so simple and it's so hard for for all of us is just relax a little bit and be here it's so enjoyable so helpful so nice and then when you're relaxed you can appreciate what's around you there's always something yeah there's always something so that's that's Really nice. Um, as for 2023, I'd say I'd, I'd occasionally describe myself as a recovering perfectionist. Okay. I realize the folly in that now. Uh, and so I'm going to try and be more okay with imperfection. Um, okay. I think it's really interesting how often you reach for the things that you think bring you comfort and pleasure. And it's interesting to know how fleeting that pleasure is when you have it. And so to have so- the confidence to leave those behind a bit is another Uh intention. So the one thing I would like to add, add, this is just my thing, is instead of saying it's a one thing you, say it's a one thing I. Uh, Thank you for the advice. Yeah, the one thing I, yeah. Yeah, because what you're saying is true, but you're talking from your direct experience and maybe different for other people. And so what, and then seeing how you... I've been a perfectionist is different than when you see if you've been a perfectionist. That's a different way to say it. And because what you're saying has the power of your experience. 
which mm-hmm. is direct, like you know this for real because you've had the experience. So the eye is very helpful, even though you're pointing at something that's bigger than you. Uh, great, thank you. Okay. Um, I will do my best to remember that. But <laughs> just to, I guess, maybe keep going, 2023, just keep going. Yeah, keep going. And let's see what happens. And I'm I'm so happy you're going to be imperfect in 2023. It's uh, inevitable. In <laughs> <laughs> totally, but it's a good, but it's the perfection of imperfection. Okay, good to see you, John. Thanks, Andrew. Hi, hi, Eugene. Hi. Hey, everybody. I wasn't, normally I think about what I'm going to say and I have it all planned out. I just decided I was going to talk five seconds ago, which is progress for me. Okay. Well, I'm glad we've made some progress in 2022. But more than that, in 2023, I think the big, the biggest thing I want to do is try to learn to enjoy the ride. Because I have big things planned and I'm very hopeful, I'm very scared, but I'm, I guess to relate to what John said, I'm trying too much to do things perfectly and that that kind of ruins the whole ride. Well, Well, you can be sure you won't do them perfectly. So as I said to John, you can be perfectly imperfect <clears throat> and and it's it's a wild ride to be a human being. If I did it perfectly, I wouldn't know it because there's really no <laughs> definition of perfect. Well, that's true too. <laughs> of course, you wouldn't. But it's it's really uh, important what you're saying about being kind to yourself in that way of not be having to be perfect, but also to see you're not in control of the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just have, I'm being facetious. I have small things planned like moving out of the country this year. So there's not much on my plate. So it's hard to relate to any of what you've talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, you may be moving out of the country, but you'll still be on this world. I wish you luck with your arm. I, I had a lot of physical things going on the last couple of years and I, I was trying to hold on to the, the concept of a perfect body, perfect health. And the more I did that, the more I started falling apart and discovering I had more problems. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not holding on to having a perfect body. I'm just trying to take care of it as best I can. And uh, I'll probably do a little bit of what Amy said, which is pay attention to my lower body for a few days and not worry about my arm so much. And I'll go see what the doctor says. Yeah. Yeah. Someone told me that my acupuncturist, she said, going to the doctor is just getting information because, you know, sometimes I stress too much on is, is he or she telling me something I should do or not do, or, you know, it's just getting information and you don't have to do something right right away. 
No, you don't. And you know, you just want to see what what do the Western medical people say, and then what do other medical people like acupuncturists say, or healers, or psychics, or whoever you're interested in getting help from, because you never know. Different people have different powers of healing. Yeah, but I'm I'm I like my doctor. She's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. even though she's wrong sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll leave it there. Okay. Well, you did good improvising. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good new year. You too, Eugene, and everybody. Thank you. Uh, Bhavani. Hi, Hi can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear and see you. Okay, yeah. Hi. Hi, yeah. Um, uh, well, thank you for the, the talk tonight. That was, it was exactly what I needed. And um, I think you know, um, well, you know that I've, uh, I've gone through a, a death of a very, very good friend recently. And... Um, with that, I guess, you know, I was wondering if you could share something about, um, I mean, the suffering from grief and, mm -hmm. and just um, moving through that. And oh, uh, it's really normal and important kind of suffering because it's the suffering of love. It is. And, and it's just, you can't, there's no prescription for it. You love someone and they die and you grieve and it's normal. That's the most important thing to remember. It's totally normal and it's just your heart and your love and your care and, and you're missing, which will happen, yeah. right? And But just remember emotion. Emotions mean movement, emotion. So if you can stay relaxed, it just moves through the heart, the sadness and the grief and the loss. And, and it doesn't have a, an end, but it doesn't stay the same. Yeah. I mean- I know sometimes yeah. I stay busy and I, and I wonder, am I just distracting myself from the grief, you know? And I, like then when I talk about it, I mean, you could probably tell I'm getting all choked up, you know, sure. and, and, and that's what happens every time I talk about it. And, but, but I'm not always like this, but I'm not always talking about it. But when right. I am, this is what happens. Yeah. And so the grief's right here and it's okay if you distract yourself from it sometimes. It's not going anywhere. That's true. And, and it's, it's important to find some balance with it. And I, and I believe, you know, I was a grief counselor way back when at the cancer support community. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things you want to do with grief is you want to allow it. And you also want to find ways to get away from it because it'll be here. It's your heart's not going anywhere. But, but it's also good to go watch a movie that has nothing to do with death or friendship or, you know, that, that'll, you know, that's about insects and insects that are beautiful or something, some documentary, you know, something that's good for your heart also. And, and that, that's help. Or, you know, I mean, if it was me, of course, I watch sports because sports are meaningless, but I like them. And, you know, 
So that distracts me from my dukkha at times, which is also important because the dukkha is going to be here. The grief is going to be here. Yeah. You can trust that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of love to you. Thank you. Really. Babani's one of those people we call moldy oldies here at <laughs> SF Insights, like forever. Yeah. I don't know how long you've been coming here, but it's a long time. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. It's good, good to see you, even if you're grieving, really. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, is there anybody else who, that's, or should we end here? Okay, Lloyd said we should end. <laughs> He's like this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to listen to Lloyd, who's also, uh, he's almost a moldy old, he's pretty close to moldy old. But uh, let's just take a moment and reflect on the, evening and our, on this year together, practicing together, and all the uh, good things that happened and the sadnesses that have happened, people dying and losing people or changing situations that are difficult, but also to appreciate the goodness of having friends and colleagues and comrades to practice together. And may the blessings of our time together go out in every direction, touching ourselves and one another and all beings in all realms. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from the suffering of 2022. And may all beings awaken to the goodness and potential of what's possible for us as human beings in 2023. May we all awaken together with goodwill and compassion and with wisdom. May all beings be free. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.